Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. You know, a new year means a new start, a chance to reset, a chance to restart, a chance to dream again. And you know, if we're being honest, 2020 was not really what we expected. There were many things within us that were brought to the surface, many things that were shifted within us. Maybe you had big dreams and big hopes for 2020. Maybe you made a list of New Year's resolutions at the start of the year. And looking back over that list, you just feel disappointment and hurt. Maybe you felt the weight of isolation Or maybe you lost your job that you had worked so hard to obtain. And maybe you had to dream again, not knowing what the future would look like. Or maybe in 2020, you just lost hope. Well, I'm here to tell you that with a new year comes new hope, a chance to restart, a chance to dream again, and a chance to see what God can do this year. You know, I really believe that 2021 is gonna be an incredible year, but I think it is gonna take some tenacity to take what 2020 taught us and allow God to use it in 2021. So I would just love to pray before we get into the message for what God would like to speak to you about today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you guide us and that you direct us. And Father, I just pray today that you bring light and life to the dark places within us. I pray that in 2021, Lord, we may be found seeking your face. Lord, I pray the words today that I communicate are your words. Speak to us today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. When I was thinking about what areas I could speak into today, maybe what areas God could restart or reset within our hearts. I couldn't get past relationships. I couldn't get past friendships. You know, if we're being honest, our friendships really felt the weight and the pressure of 2020. There were friends that had been together for years that were suddenly torn apart by stress and expectation. There were friends that got into arguments over political stances and Facebook statuses. But I truly believe that God has a beautiful plan for our lives, which includes life-giving and fulfilling friendships. You know, when I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a time in my life where this was really prevalent for myself. I remember September 2018 for a few reasons. The first reason is because I actually love art galleries. I love art galleries. I love seeing the pieces of the art up on the walls and within the exhibitions telling a story. They all seem to have a place. It's like they all are part of a bigger purpose and they all tell a small piece of a bigger story. And in 2018, the National Gallery of Victoria showcased over 200 pieces of art in eight different sections that basically took you through the history of art and digital art. So you walked through and it took you through 130 years of modern art. And I remember going to this exhibition and looking around and noticing that as I walked through each section, 
everything seemed to belong. Everything told a piece of a bigger story and everything seemed to have a place. I remember ending um, the end of the exhibition and going around the corner and noticing that my mum had tried to call me, which really wasn't anything new um, because she is an Italian mother. But this time it felt a little bit different. As I rounded the corner, I called her back and she explained to me that my nephew had been rushed to hospital. And while we didn't know the severity of that call in that moment, in a place where everything seemed to belong, I suddenly felt like I didn't. I remember leaving and heading to the hospital and my family were all in this room. And if you've ever been in a room like that, you'd know the feeling of the weight and the sound of the silence. And a few hours later, we would discover that my nephew had actually passed away. He had a genetic condition that took his life at the age of six and that no one could have known about. There's nothing we could have done. But I remember watching my older brother grieve and I think that along with watching my dad grieve and watch his son grieve are two of the hardest things that I've had to walk through in this life to date, but the weeks that followed were really long. And the third reason that I remember September 2018 is because I've never felt so alone. It's funny how you can stand in a room or a space with so many people and feel so alone. And I was reminded of a time in high school where I said a prayer and it was something along the lines of, God, if you are real, please send me friends. I was 13 or 14 years old. But as a 25-year-old woman, I was completely caught off guard, realising I had that same feeling. I'd spent so long investing in myself, feeling like I could just do it myself, that when I needed people, there was nobody there. And if that is you today, if you felt the weight of isolation in 2020, I want to call you to change. You know, maybe you've been hurt one too many times before. Maybe you loved someone and they betrayed you. Maybe you think, you know what, I'm just going to throw myself into my work, into my marriage, into my kids. But then we wonder why we're alone. Let 2021 be the year that we allow God to reset our relationships. You know, I love the saying, you can't choose what you go through in life, but you can actually choose who you go through it with. You can choose each day who you get to face life with, the hard times, the good times and the bad. We get to choose who we do those with. And God has created us for relationships. Whether you are an introvert or whether you are an extrovert, God has created you to have life-giving and fulfilling friendships. I remember a little while ago, and you probably remember too, if you were to walk into church, you would have seen the slogan up on the screens, a place to belong. Whether you're in the morning service or the night service or both, you would see these words on the screen. And the reason they are up there is because belonging is a basic human need. There is this desire inside of us to belong to a place and to a people. And while the number one desire really is to belong to God, God calls creation not complete without also having community with each other. He calls it simply not good. And we can actually see how important relationships are to God 
throughout the Bible. We don't just see it in his words through Proverbs, but we see it outworked in the relationships throughout Scripture. We see this beautiful covenant between Jonathan and David. We see a teamwork partnership between Moses and Aaron. You know, we see a devoted friendship between Elijah and Elijah. And we even see God in friendship. We see God in friendship with Abraham. We see God in friendship with Moses. We see Jesus in friendship with Lazarus. We are reminded throughout Scripture that we are not meant to do life alone. So why do we choose to? Why do we choose to do life alone? You know, I know that feeling of being surrounded by people and not having anyone stick with you. And it made me wonder, what makes friendships stick? You know, what is the secret ingredient? What is the thing that allows you to have good, full friendships? And I think it starts with us. If I'm being honest, I think it actually starts with being honest with ourselves. Before we look out, we need to look in and be honest with ourselves. And then once we are able to identify and acknowledge that we have a need, we can start looking out and notice how we can have good friends and how we can actually be good friends to other people. Anything that we want to have value in our life needs to be a priority. You can look at your priorities kind of like a pie and everything that you place value on needs to have a piece. So you have your work and you have maybe your kids and your marriage and church and more often than not, the piece that we let slip is our friendships. But your friends need you to have a piece of that pie. They need to be there and you need to be there for them. And the first thing we need to be honest about is exactly that. It's being there. It's stability. You know, we all know the saying, consistency is key. And the same goes in our relationships. Our friends don't need us to be constant but they need us to be consistent. Good friendships don't just fall into our lap, but they are built brick by brick, conversation by conversation, sometimes confrontation by confrontation. In times of crisis, our friendships are actually built. We say to people, I need you there. This is how we build the friendships. And I think stability looks a little bit different for each of us. You know, for me, stability actually looked like showing up for my friends. It looked like putting myself out there. It meant not cancelling plans. And for you, consistency and stability might look a little bit different. It might look like actually replying to text messages within a 24-hour time period. It might mean not being late to show people that you actually value their time. It might mean when you actually catch up with someone that you let them speak instead of hogging the conversation. There are little things that we can do to show the people around us that we are consistently with them. You know, stability isn't this one big gesture, but it's lots of little gestures that speak to a bigger message and tell a bigger story. We can actually learn a lot about stability from the life of Jesus and how he was constantly present with people. We never see Jesus saying to someone, oh, what, sorry, I wasn't listening or I didn't catch that. You know, Jesus was constantly aware of how his friends were doing. 
And when we are there for the people in our lives, we actually share our lives with them. There is an old Swedish proverb which, which says, shared joy is double joy and shared sorrow is half sorrow. Who are you sharing your life with? Who are you doubling your joy with? And who are you halving your sorrow with? But the thing about sharing is it takes transparency. Unlike stability, transparency is showing up and showing up emotionally for our friends. You know, vulnerability and transparency, there's this common theme of it throughout the Bible just woven in. And we see Jesus constantly asking people, what can I do for you? There's a beautiful story of this in Mark chapter 10, where we see the story of blind Bartimaeus, where he's yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people are telling him to be quiet. So he yells a little bit louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus asks him, what do you want me to do for you? To which he replies, Rabbi, I want to see You know, blind Bartimaeus had this ability and willingness to put himself out there. But why don't we? Why is it so hard for us to do that? I think it's a couple of reasons. I think the first is maybe we honestly don't want to burden people. Or maybe we don't want to be that person, you know, that person that there's always something going wrong and there's always something happening. Maybe we want to feel justified in the decisions that we've made and feel like we've made the right choice. Or maybe we just want to give off the appearance that everything looks okay. Now that's all well and good, but as your friend without transparency, how am I supposed to know to pray for you if your marriage is struggling, if you don't tell me? How am I supposed to celebrate the wins in your life if I didn't even know you were believing for them? And this is where it gets hard It actually means truly being known. Your strengths and your weaknesses, your hopes, your dreams and your fears. You know, we don't get a roadmap or a script when we enter a friendship to see how the end is gonna play out. We don't get told in three years, this person's gonna break your heart, so don't invest. We have to put ourselves out there. Is there a risk? Of course there is, but the richness of a friendship far outweighs the risk, but it takes vulnerability and transparency. So we start with a commitment to stability and then we open our hearts to live transparently and then we vow to love intentionally. You know, friendships require the least amount of obligation. They're not exclusive and they are the most voluntary relationship we have. Unlike a marriage, there's no bond or commitment that binds us together. Unlike a family, we don't face the same social pressures. And we also don't experience the same commonality as we do with work friendships, where we're working towards a common goal that actually ensures the friendship continues. With friends, there is actually no obligation. It's all choice. It's a decision. We need to choose to be intentional. In Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine to 12, it says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. 
but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm, but how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. The choice to place intentionality in our friendships means that we don't have to face things alone. You know, this scripture says if one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Reaching means that they're there, they're close. If they're sleeping and keeping you warm, they're close. If you're standing back to back, they're there, they're close through the good and through the bad. You know, our lives are actually linked with others through that, through the good and through the bad through shared experiences, values and priorities. These are the birthplaces of friendships. C.S. Lewis so beautifully says, friendship is born at the moment one person says to another, what, you two, I thought I was the only one. And if we're honest and we think back over our friendships and our lives, we can see this link of commonality. I actually grew up in the MSN and instant messenger area of time and the big thing for us was this idea of a BFF, a best friend forever, having one friend that you would pick and this would be your one person that you go to for everything. You'd call them every day, you'd talk to them every day and they would be your go-to person. But the beautiful thing about commonality is that no two people are exactly the same. We all may share things that link us and God has actually filled our lives with many different people that we have many different things in common with. I honestly don't think that God intended us to just have one friend that we share everything with. Have you actually ever had one of those friendships which is really difficult? where you feel this weight of responsibility. It's a burden to have to call this friend back. It's like, ah, not again. It's actually really hard. You know, how freeing would it be for the people in our lives to realise they weren't the one-stop shop, to realise that there were other people in our world carrying that weight, carrying that commonality. It's okay to have a friend that you go to when you need prayer. And it's okay to have a different friend that you go to when you need to talk about work. It's okay to have a friend that you need to go to just to have a laugh. And it's okay to have a friend that you've had for years who knows your past and knows your story. Your friends can actually represent different areas within your life. And we can deepen our relationships by realising the unique role that each of our friends play. I think it's a kinder way of approaching our friendships and it really does take the pressure off. And stability, transparency, intentionality, commonality are not complete without kindness. Kindness in friendships really is the glue that holds everything together. The funny thing about kindness is you can't really explain it, but you can feel it. If we think about it, we can all recognise a time in our life where someone has shown us incredible kindness. And we feel so thankful towards them. We open our hearts towards them. It's this beautiful glue between us. It's compassion, it's empathy. And there's no point being open and honest with the people in our lives without compassion, empathy and kindness. Kindness really shows love. 
Now, I'm a big love person. I love love, always have loved love. And I am recently married, so I am all in for love. And a lot of people said to me before I was married that you learn a lot about someone once you are married. And being in my late 20s, I would think, yeah, okay, like how bad can it be, right? Wrong. I would discover on my honeymoon something that would absolutely break my heart. I discovered that my husband can't stand the beach. Now, for many people, that's not a huge deal. It's fine, we can move past it. But for me, I was one of those kids that grew up on the beach. We did the day beach trips. We would go together as a family, pack an esky. We had the obnoxious umbrella. That was us, no shame. So to hear that this future of beach trips was suddenly being ripped away from me, it was heartbreaking. So I did a little bit of investigating, see if we can come up with a compromise. And the thing that I discovered is that my husband can't stand sand. The thing about sand is that you can be in contact with it and it can just pass you by. As soon as you add something easily accessible, something that is essentially right there, like water, it sticks. It actually sticks to you. And our friendships are the same. We can have friendships that just pass us by, but with something easily accessible, with something that's not hard to access, we can have friendships that have a bond, we can have friendships that stick. Colossians chapter three, verse 12 to 15 says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. You know, this is love. This is the bond. It's asking how people's day at work went and actually meaning it and wanting the answer. It's remembering kids' names. It's remembering their favourite snacks and then bringing it over when you go for dinner. It's a word of encouragement. It's compassion, it's kindness, it's bringing support, it's bringing hope. And when we do these things, when we make an effort with the people in our world, we are able to have friendships that stick. You know, friendships are not just found, they are formed. They are formed with stability, transparency, intentionality, commonality, and kindness as the bond. And when we combine all these things, we say to the people in our world, you can stick with me. And when we think about all these characteristics, when we think about stability, transparency, intentionality, commonality and kindness, there really is no greater example than Jesus. God created us to be relational beings first and foremost, but he also calls us into relationship with himself. In John chapter 15, verse 12 to 15, it says, My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no love than this, to lay down one life 
for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have been made known to you. You know, Jesus calls us into friendship with others, but also friendship with himself. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.